Welcome to Hash It Out. I'm Meedha, your host for today, and today we will be discussing prison reform and death penalty. Before we go into that, how are you, Belin? I'm tired, but pretty great. You know, I'm kind of looking forward to getting into today's topics because it is controversial in a way. And over the years of discussing these, I have heard a lot of different inputs. And it's interesting because some responses and beliefs I hear are some that, like, I'd never expect the person to say. And sometimes it's even got to the point where relationships and friendships are like severed due to an opinion on one of these topics and moral standings they'd be taking. But, you know, let's get right into it. Yes, let's first try to understand what is prison reform and death penalty. Prison reform is the attempt to improve conditions inside prisons, improve the effectiveness of the penal system, or implement alternatives to imprisonment. For example, in 2019, educational and vocational classes have been studied extensively and found to be some of the most effective programs in prison reform. To go on to death penalty, so death penalty is also called as capital punishment. It refers to the process of sentencing convicted offenders to the death for the most serious crimes, which are capital crimes, and carrying out that sentence. The specific offenses and circumstances that determine if a crime is eligible for a death sentence are defined by the statute and are prescribed by Congress or any state legislature. So first, let's discuss prison reform. There's a lot of ways prisons can be improved within. There is an argument as to why there should be improvement and if prisoners are put there for correction, implying that they get what they deserve. You know, however, they're they're still human beings. And I'm not saying that, like, they should get TV, games, and luxurious things, but they should still be treated with human decency and, you know, more so have these improvements within healthcare. Um, provided or like decreasing some type of the like some of the factors that make the health of prisons you know prisoners worsen Um, whether it's some type of preventative care or care for those coming with onset conditions and you know interesting enough according to United Nations prisoners are likely to have existing health problems on entry to prison as they are predominantly from poorly educated socio or non-educated, socioeconomically deprived sectors um, of the general population, and with minimum access to adequate health services. Their health conditions deteriorate in prisons which are overcrowded, where nutrition is poor, sanitation inadequate, and access to fresh air and exercise are often unavailable. And psychiatric disorders like and like what's it called HIV infection, tuberculosis, hepatitis B and C, and like sexually transmitted diseases, skin diseases, malaria, malnutrition, diarrhea, and injuries, and including self mutilation, are the main causes of morbidity um, and mortality in prison. And like the r- list really goes on. In countries with a high prevalence of tuberculosis in the outside community, prevalence of tuberculosis can be up to 100 times higher inside the prisons. In most countries, HIV infection in prisons is significantly higher than within the population outside of prison, especially where drug addiction and risk behaviors are prevalent. Prison staff are also vulnerable to most of the diseases of which prisoners are at risk. And the cautious steps taken within the prison can lead to a benefit for outer society as well. So this isn't just something that will help the prisoners and inmates within. This is something that can also help outer society because a lot of inmates are at some point released and they will return to the public. Say that 
if one ex-inmate is infected by something and has some type of disease or anything like that, then there's a higher chance of him or her infecting others and spreading it. Going off on that, we also need to look into alternative measures and sanctions for prison uh, reform. So overcrowding is a key concern in almost all the prison systems worldwide. While punitive criminal policies as well as shortage of social protection services in the community continue to contribute to the rapid growth of prison population in many countries. So according to a United Nations report on sort of um, revising the prison reform across the world, one of the things they suggested, suggested was overcrowding is a root cause of many human rights violations in prisons. And the solution to overcrowding needs to be explored and implemented in almost all countries in sort of in the United Nations operation. So while overcrowding can be temporarily decreased by building new prisons and practice shows that are trying to overcome the harmful effects of prison uh, overcrowding through the construction of new prisons does not provide a sustainable solution. In addition, building new prisons and maintaining them is expensive. So putting pressure on valuable resources like Bilin mentioned, the prison staff suffers mental health issues as well. So instead of numerous international instruments recommend a rationalization in sentencing policy, including wider use of alternatives to prison, aiming to reduce the number of people being isolated from society for a long period of time. So the use of non-custodial sanctions and the measures also reflect a fundamental change in the approach to crime offenders and their place in the society. So changing focus uh, of sort of these punishments of these measures from punishments and isolation to restorative justice and reintegration. So instead of isolating people, getting them making sure that there is some sort of a connection with the society. So when accompanied by adequate support for offenders, it assists some of the most vulnerable members of the society to lead a life without having to relapse back into the criminal behavior patterns. So implementation of penal sanctions within the community rather than through a process of isolation from it offers in a long-term better protection for society. Supporting sort of the introduction and implementation of non-custodial sanctions and measures is kind of a key of the area of prison reform they want to improve in that report or the one that is proposed by United Nations. And following up to the alternative measures, a leading mental health group, which is basically Mental Health America, estimated that about 5 to 10 percent of all death row inmates suffer from severe mental health illnesses. And that's honestly ridiculous. Like in in prisons, I don't know. I just feel like sometimes they need to have a little bit more focus um, on mental health treatments as well as like paying attention to what they're giving, like the medications and treatments provided. I don't know. I just feel like a lot of times um, prisoners are seen to be like owned by the government. So they're like mistreated and like providers can be careless when it comes to like what they're giving them. And they like just basically experiment and just use them as like lab rats in a sense. And a lot of times this can happen without consent. And many people or many prisoners, they don't realize this till they leave jail. And they're like, oh, this happened to me and this happened to me, if they do talk about it. And then it's like, oh, you know, that was not right. They shouldn't have did that, you know? Yeah, going off on that, sort of treating prisoners without the consent is is sort of a big issue. Because if you look at it, so... um. 
there was the Mental Health America Foundation that kind of opposed the practice of having a psychiatrist or a mental health professional treat a person against their will in order to restore the competency solely to permit the state to execute the person. It kind of opposes also the practice of medicating defendants involuntarily in order to make them competent either to stand a trial or to be executed. Another thing, another kind of measures that we should look into is or we kind of go in further when Belin talks about it and within a few minutes is kind of no death penalty for people with serious mental health illnesses and no death penalty for people with intellectual disabilities. Mental health conditions should be taken into account during all phases of a death penalty case and competency assessment and hearing should be required. Like federal and state government should require and provide funding for appointed counsel and a full competency hearing for all individuals who appear to have a questionable competency. And failure to consider the mental health status early in the process paves the way for execution you know the assessment of competence to stand a trial as well as the competence to be executed should be conducted by a multidisciplinary team of qualified professionals including professionals with expertise in the defendant's particular mental health illness and another thing that i feel like we should really look at with prison reform um is like prisoners should be or like we should just provide um, ex-cons with some sort of stability once like release dates get closer um, because those that have been locked up for so long and for so many years are very unaware and clueless to the changes that have taken place in society you know what I mean like they you know um, they can be in prison for about 40 years or 50 years and then you know imagine going from being in prison from 1980 or like 1970s and finally being released in 2022 it's like what am I supposed to do? I don't know anything that's happened. There's not only a technological advancements. There's just like, you know, there's just so many things that have changed. And on top of that, there's like a higher chance of people re-entering prison because sadly they are much more comfortable with being locked up. You know what I mean? Like basically with what I just said, they're not used to being in, you know, the outer society and the wider society and the actual public. So they prefer being in that you know, cell where they're comfortable with being by themselves and being with um, some randoms, which a lot of times is is just like you're literally you for yourself. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know that what reminds me? It reminds me of one of my favorite movies, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. So in that movie, there was like an old man. His name is Brooks, I believe. And he was he was in the prison for like 50 years. And I think one of the, I mean, Shawshank, Shawshank Redemption is like one of the greatest movies. So if you haven't watched <laughs> it, please watch it. So the thing, one of it kind of reflects on many issues that were represented by the film. One of them was the possibility of leaving prison and rejoining society after an extensive period of time. So Brooks was like an old man. I, I don't know, he must be like during 80s or 90s, mm-hmm. like age. And he was in the prison for 50 years. Uh, he was sentenced from a, a, a sort of from 1905 to 1954, according to like the movie's timeline. Um, and one of the things what he does, he so once he gets released from the prison, he's kind of working at like a store. He's baffled by how the world has changed since he got into the prison. And one of the things he realizes is that this is like much different so he can't cope up because all he is known or he's known to is that institution that he lived in so once he got out of it he doesn't know how to cope up with the world outside so he ends up committing sort of suicide you know and um, meaning 
meaning kind of like adjusted to the life like within the constitution apart from like a larger society from which the from which release sort of that release from the prison represents essentially the capital punishment so the kind of once that news gets in inside the prison like everybody reflects that everybody his friends inside the prison kind of end up reflecting like the desire of prisoners to leave or escape the prison life and kind of perplex them about their own fate and instilling fear and anxiety about the outside world you know like in the movie he ends up meeting like brooks meets an outside world that is vastly changed from his memories and is unable to adjust to a life on the outside and after being paroled he attempts to harm a friend which is Hayward in order to stay in the prison so he doesn't want to go outside he's kind of scared whether he'll get to it so he wants to commit a crime so that he keeps he's in the prison you know basically yeah. and after finding it very difficult out in the world he longs to break his parole so they'd send him back and we as an audience are forced to wonder is this is not a glimpse into the underlying causes of redivism for the fact that so many prisoners return to prison within a short span after the release and some of the stats like according to the national institute of justice in 2014 about 2/3 of the released prisoners are returned to the prison and 3 quarters are rearrested within 5 years further more than half of the prison return to half of the prisoners returned to the prison were rearrested by the end of the first year of release a death penalty instead of them being released at some point they should and not having like a death sentence on their name they should just be like put somewhere else for the remainder of their lives not put i mean i feel like they should be in terms of yes they should go through a punishment but i think the punishment needs to be like the way we look at death penalty needs to have like alternative measures to it mm-hmm. like the death penalty shouldn't be caging someone and like making them because i don't think that helps anybody like even if you look at like addiction like uh if you have to lock someone up you know like there's a reason why people take drugs or any of that stuff because they feel disconnected and they want to be somewhere else and like so and so mm-hmm. and i was reading i was also watching this other ted talk like i forgot the name of him but he was talking about how they decriminalized drugs in portugal mm-hmm. and when they decriminalized it the rates got much better like people stopped doing drugs like they, it was far, like vastly improved like within 10 years 50% of their drug rate was dropped mm. so you know like it, i think there are I think that we need to look at crimes or we need to look at death penalty in a different way because the fact that in things that in Portugal worked is number one is you're creating connections instead of creating isolation for the people who are doing it like, you, like the I think the solution to any of these things is connection than isolation mm-hmm. yeah. okay I feel like there's like um you know a lot of people would go for the death penalty because in their in their like a uh, perspective it'd be an eye for an eye um so basically you kill someone you're going to get you know you have to die yourself or something like that uh not in that harsh you know exact statement but obviously like basically just an eye for an eye um and i remember like in my past literature classes they would all like they would always ask uh talk or talk about the death penalty and i was asked this question where it was like if someone i loved was murdered um would i want them would i want the murderer to receive the death penalty and honestly 
I can't really fully say because I haven't like I haven't felt that emotion um like but I just feel like I don't know I really can't say and I couldn't say then either because at first it would be like of course right somebody would be like of course they kill somebody I deeply love so like why wouldn't they die you know what I mean but like if you really think about it you know why would you kill someone else just be like what is that going to do for you you're not going to feel anything better or you, some people might feel better I guess but like it really does nothing for it you know and I just feel in my like in my personal uh, opinion it, it's just not morally right like who are we to say who can die and who can live and I'm very religious so it just feels like the government would be playing God um, and essentially I just feel like since everything comes you know back around like whatever you do comes right back around like karma why would you go to that extent to kill someone else um just because of the crime that they committed i'm not saying release them however it's just like you know you don't have to take a life like a lot like a life is serious thing like you can't just kill someone you know what i mean and obviously they already killed someone else but it's just like we're choosing you know to heart like to punish them by killing them that that's just i don't that's just very harsh and on top of that it's just like innocent people can be executed and that's one of the other bigger things because it's like a lot of people um they may not have enough you know evidence against them or they might have the wrong evidence against them you know what i mean and they just might have been there wrong time uh wrong place wrong time and then all of a sudden they're on death row you know how serious that is like that's just something that's ridiculous and they can't like it's their word against the um the judges and the people around them so it's like very difficult to say if they're innocent or not and automatically they're just going to be you know considered guilty and then put on death row and eventually killed and then like later on they're going to be like oh man that man was innocent or she was innocent you know what i mean what are you going to do then like bring them back yeah i think with the moral standing that you were saying like yes injustice needs to be met with justice but at the same time i think the whole point of a law system should be or to focus on is that the person comes out of whatever the state they were in like they don't commit the crime again like you know like try to understand the root causes and trying to get them out because the whole point should be to make them a better person you know to make them not go back there it shouldn't be in terms of like because the thing is even if you shame or punish someone there is like you don't know how much of percentage that they might go back to doing the same thing that they were doing previously yeah. but when you're trying to change them you're trying to focus on okay how do we actually make this person better you know like that kind of brings in a new aspect of like how you treat or look at these things because then it's not about shaming someone or punishing someone or making them isolated or you know making them basically f- feel the worst for whatever they have done but it's about improving them and making sure that they're not going around doing this thing again you know like cuz we always think like if we punish someone like if we punish a kid like you know if like a kid is eating a lot of candies and like the i don't know the teeth is bad and stuff like that like mm-hmm. you punish them you make them go stand and you make them cry that they will stop doing it but yeah so it's really to like i feel like this is a converse, conversation that where you really need to sit down and you have to talk about how, okay how do you change people's psychology you know like in a sense of like 
the focus of the law system should be on how to get them out of that mental state where they were committing these kinds of crime and get them in a state where you know they're willing to do betterment for the society instead of going out because even if they're released from the prison like you know uh, the stats mentioned that they are rearrested yeah. so they, that kind of shows something about the law system or the uh, the prison conditions that okay people are going for getting you know basically paid for whatever the crimes that they've committed but then they're going back again so that, so which means the law system the prison has failed them in order to make them better human beings you know yeah so that's one of them yeah well I don't know, just with the death penalty and the prison prison reform, basically everything you said, I definitely agree with. And with death penalty, that's just something that really should be taken into deep consideration without having your emotions involved and think logically. Um, and some people might, you know, think in a logical way where it's just like, oh, it makes sense to kill someone because they killed someone. But I don't know, I just feel like emotions get involved a lot of times and there's literally just like what revenge like you're not really you're not really getting some people might like i said but it's not really a benefit to having that person you know die like i don't know it just doesn't make sense to me and i just don't believe it's right um but i think that'll be all for today so thank you for listening Um, I hope you go back and listen to our other podcasts, and I hope you have a great day.